So here we will in Y in Y Mufti Adi Bhutan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, in Ahmedhu and Astainu and Astaghfiru and Ubnubihi and Atuakalu Ali. When I would be lahim in Shiruri and Fusina, women say Yati Amalina, May Hadihilla Hufala Mudilahu, women you will Hufala Hadiella. When I shall walla ilaha illa who had the Hula Sharikala. When I shall one Sayyidina, when a Biyana, Maulana, Mohammedin Wala, Alihi was Ahbihi as mine. Amma Bad Fakad Allah Tabarako Tala Fi Makami Kitabihil Karim. بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا وقال تعالى لا إكراه في الدين صدق الله العظيم الحمد لله It is by the grace and blessing of Allah سبحانه وتعالى that Allah سبحانه وتعالى chose each and every single one of us here today from different cities different localities and different communities to come under one roof for the sole purpose, for the sole purpose of learning the sacred knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of our efforts. Ameen. I would like to begin by thanking my teachers, my beloved teachers, who spent numerous efforts and countless hours instructing and educating me day after day, night after night, so one day I may become eligible to stand here in front of you, stand in front of a highly distinguished, well-educated, and well-informed audience like yourself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept their efforts, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them in this world and the world hereafter. Ameen. The topic that was assigned to me was the spread of Islam, by word or by sword. But before we can get to our actual topic, I would like to quickly clear out another misconception that not only remains in the hearts and the mind of a non-Muslim, but now slowly, slowly is making its way to the hearts and the minds of a Muslim today. And that is, why is there so much information? Why is there so many rules? Why are there so many regulations? Why is there so much literature in the Quran, in the Hadith, and in the Sharia? about jihad, about the rules of engagement, engagement in war, engagement in combat, so on and so forth. The answer to this is very apparent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَنْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمْ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ That today, I have perfected and completed your religion, I have bestowed my blessings upon you, and I have chosen the religion of Islam for you. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Inna deen al-Islam, the only religion accepted in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the religion, the lifestyle, and the way of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that is Islam. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not only teach us how to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not only teach us how to deal with our family members. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us how to deal with our brothers. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us how to deal with our neighbors. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us how to deal with our co-workers, how to deal with our elders, how to deal with our youngsters. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us how to enter into a mosque. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us how to exit a mosque. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us how to enter inside of a bathroom. Which step to take inside the bathroom first? Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us the behavior inside the bathroom. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us how to lay in bed. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us how to take a morsel of food from a plate. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us how to take a sip of water from a glass. 
This is the statement Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes in the Quran that this is a complete and perfect religion. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that only religion, the only lifestyle accepted in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the religion and the way of life of Islam. Nowadays, but before we can get to that, Islam is a theocracy. Theocracy means that a religion not only controls your personal affairs, but also your public laws. It, it teaches you how to deal on a personal level and also how to govern a, 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 an entire community or a city and so on and so forth. Nowadays, whichever government chooses not to follow the rulings of Islam, they, they afford to use their intellect to make their laws and regulations. And this is why you see by a new government and by a new president, every time the laws are continuously changing because different intellect tells them to do, to make different laws. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to adopt, adopt the sunnah and the manners and the etiquette of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ameen. Now getting to our original topic, the spread of Islam. Islam is not a religion which, which came around last Christmas. Islam came around a decade and a half ago, over 1450 years. Obviously, the time frame does not allow us to examine the entire history of Islam. So let us examine the first 23 years of Islam, the initial 23 years of Islam. Prophet ﷺ received his first revelation at the age of 40. And Prophet ﷺ passed away at the age of 63. That's 23 years. Let us examine the history of Islam in the life of Prophet ﷺ. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, sitting in Ghar al-Hira, Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salatu wasallam comes to him, very famous story, he says, Iqra, read. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, Ma'ana biqarin, I'm not learning, I cannot read. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this was the first revelation. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not receive any revelation for continuously three years. After that, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam receives the revelation, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, hum fa'andir. Then now start calling people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But obviously, this was an order by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to start calling people towards Islam secretly. And after this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another ayah. He receives another ayah. وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received a revelation. وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ That now, call your relative and your close family members towards Islam. After a little while, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received a revelation. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go and announce and give da'wah towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala openly. Now Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, He does not burden anybody with the responsibility without giving them the strength. Nobody is burdened with the responsibility they cannot handle. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, now, day in and day out, Prophet ﷺ leaves the house in the morning, comes back in the evening, hopeless. Day in and day out, Prophet's routine, he leaves the house early morning, he comes back late night and hopeless. There's not a single Muslim on the surface of this earth. And then it comes in the hadith that Prophet ﷺ managed to get three Muslims. In the entire Makkah, entire Arabian Peninsula, in the entire world, there's no other Muslim other than three Muslims. One was a woman, Hadha Khatija radiallahu ta'ala anha, who happens to be the beloved wife of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One happens to be a free man, Hadha Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, and one happens to be a slave, Hadha Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an. 
so much effort, so much struggle, and there are three Muslims on the surface of this earth. Prophet continues his effort, and he manages a few Muslims in Mecca, just a handful. And now these Muslims, they are tortured, they are verbally, physically, sexually abused day in and day out. We all know the famous story of Hadha Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an. Hadha Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an was put on top of ashes and so the fluids and the liquids from his body put off the ashes. Hadha Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala an, he was laid on the burning hot sand of Arabia in the afternoon hours on his back and there was, there was a large rock placed on his chest so he may not move. In the Khilafah, Hadha Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, Hadha Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, Hadha Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala an of his struggle. Hadha Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala an just removed his shirt. Hadha Umar said, I have never seen a, I've seen people enter so many battles, but I have never seen a back like this. There were holes on the back of his, uh, in his back. There were holes from the tortures. And now these people, these non-Muslims, these, these kuffar, tell us that Islam is spread by a sword. And it doesn't stop here. Prophet could not handle the, the trials and tribulations that his Sahaba are going through. Prophet grants him permission to go, into, go, go, go to Habasha, migrate to Habasha. Now they're in Habasha. And then some pagans went to Habasha to try to get those people back and they spoke to Najashi who was the king of Habasha at that time. Very famous story, Hadha Jafar Nabi Talib was representing the Muslims and he talked to Najashi and Najashi accepted Islam. Even comes in the hadith that Prophet read the funeral prayer of Najashi. Now Prophet never seen Najashi in his life. But yet, a king, what pressure what sword? What, what, what did Najashi need? What kind of pressure was Najashi under where he had to accept Islam? What kind of force was Najashi under? Never seen Prophet wasallam yet, he accepted Islam. Now after some of the Muslims returned back, Prophet wasallam he himself and also other Sahaba um, were granted permission to go to Medina. When Prophet wasallam was granted permission, he took Hadha Abu Bakr an, and he left Makkah. In Medina, when the, when the Ansar, they heard the departure of Prophet وسلم, it comes in the hadith that every morning, when they heard the departure of Prophet وسلم, every morning the entire city would empty and go into the outskirts of Medina, to, waiting there to welcome Prophet وسلم, before he enters the city until the heat of the afternoon hour would drag them back into their homes. Every single day, the entire Medina would empty and go to the outskirts and wait for Prophet ﷺ. Now I ask each and every single one of you that what caused this entire city to accept a message without even seeing the messenger? This is before hijrah, let alone a sword, let alone a weapon. Even hands weren't even allowed to be raised against the kuffar. The entire city accepts Islam. To the extent that it comes in the hadith that when Prophet وسلم, he walked into Medina, there are little girls and little children on top of rooftops singing Tala al Badru Alayna. 
this entire city without even seeing the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It comes in the hadith when Hadith Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They 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 came into Medina. All the all the Ansar came to greet Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his companion Hadith Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and they could not tell the difference between Hadith Abu Bakr and Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the extent that many Ansar they were greeting Hadith Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala thinking that that Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered the sun came and it was coming on top of Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Hadith Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala began shading Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam at that specific moment all the Ansar radhwanullah ta'ala alaihi found out that this is Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is his companion Hadith Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala Now, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he spends the first few years after Hijrah establishing the Islamic State. Different rulings were revealed at that time, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Dhil Qaeda, the sixth Hijri, in the sixth Hijri, Dhil Qaeda, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw a dream in which he saw himself doing tawaf of Ka'batullah. And Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam interpreted this deen, this dream that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wants Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to go do tawaf. So Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left with all the Muslims that were there at that time, which, which numbered at 1400. There were 1400 Muslims who accompanied Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and went to Mecca. When Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reached a place in the outskirts of Mecca called Hudaybiyah, he was stopped by the Meccan army. And he wasn't allowed to enter. The Sahaba Ridwanullah Ta'ala Alayhim Ajma'een and everyone was st astonished and shocked because they could not believe that never in history any person or any group was ever stopped from visiting the Kaaba. This is the first time in history where a person or a group was, was stopped from visiting the Kaaba. But Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not want to fight. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that it doesn't matter what Regulations they put on us, I will still sign the peace treaty. Prophet wasallam signed the peace treaty in a place called Hudaybiyah. And in history, this is mentioned to be Suleh Hudaybiyah, which is the peace treaty which was signed in the place called Hudaybiyah. After Suleh Hudaybiyah, the Sahaba and the Prophet wasallam were not allowed to enter Mecca. They said that in the treaty it was signed that they were going to come next year. So now the Sahaba and Prophet wasallam are returning back. They're returning back to Medina. And on the way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends a verse, Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. That verily, we have given you open victory. The Sahaba Radwanullah Ta'ala alayhim ajma'in already under great stress, already shocked. They rushed to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asking, what is Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala talking about? We were defeated, we weren't allowed to enter Mecca, and yet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentioned a great victory. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the Prophet, being a Prophet of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam knew Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala's plan. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala had a greater plan. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wanted these pagans, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wanted these kuffar, these Yahud, these Nasara to come into Medina and see what a Muslim lives like. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted every single person to come and, and mix with the Muslim so they could see what a peaceful life a Muslim lives like. To see the teaching of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to, to see the manners and etiquette and the teaching of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the ninth hijri. 
Prophet ﷺ, in the 9th Hijri, he heard about a breach of contract. He heard the treaty was broken. Prophet ﷺ decided to go and conquer Mecca. Prophet ﷺ, when he, when he arrived in Mecca, there were 10,000 Sahaba Radwanullah Ta'ala 23 months earlier, not even to complete two years, 23 months earlier, there were only 1,400 Sahaba. Which sword, which which war caused 10,000 Sahaba to accept Islam? And it doesn't stop here. Prophet after, after conquering Makkah, he performed Umrah and he returned back to Medina. Medina. And Prophet Allah descends the ayahs. Hajj becomes obligatory on each and every single Muslim. Now, in the 9th Hijri, Hadha Abu Bakr goes to do Hajj as a substitute of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in the 10th Hijri, in the 10th Hijri, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performed his first, his last, and his only and final Hajj. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam only performed one Hajj in his life. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he departed Medina, there were 114 Thousand Sahaba Radwanullah Ta'ala Alayhim Ajma'in who departed with him. Three and a half, four years ago, there were only 1,400. As soon as the, as the treaty is signed, the peace treaty is signed, the dramatic increase in the Muslim population from 1,400 to 114. But it doesn't stop there. When Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam departs Medina, the entire surrounding of Mecca and Medina, they hear all the Sahaba, all the Muslims hear that Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is going to perform Hajj. They all join. And by the time Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reaches, there are 10,000 more in number, and the number reaches to 124,000 Sahaba. There were 124,000 Sahaba who performed Hajj with Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now I ask you, which weapon, which force, which pressure could cause 124,000 pagans to turn their beliefs? 124,000 to convert to a religion? It was nothing. But the teachings of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, very true what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions in the Quran, innaka la'ala khuluqun azim. So many people, it, it comes in the hadith, it comes in the history book, that they would come and they would see the face of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they would see the face of the Sahaba Radwanullah Ta'ala Alaihi Majma'in, and they would say that whatever these guys are following, it, it's not something untrue. We find many incidents in history. For example, the largest Muslim country today is Indonesia. The ratio of Muslims there are 95 to 99% Muslims. The largest Muslim country today in our time. The history of Indonesia, you will never find any Muslim army or any Muslim soldier to ever step on the, on the dirt of Indonesia or Malaysia. But yet, it becomes the largest Muslim country and it comes in the history of Indonesia that there were three Muslim tradesmen who lost their way and ended up in Indonesia. And through the manners and the etiquette and the way of life that a Muslim lives, the entire city accepted the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the 12th Hijri, in the 12th century, very famous incident of the Mongols and the Tatars. 
The Tatars and the Mongols, they, they were so against Islam. They're such a big enemy that they, could, they did not tolerate any Quran without burning it. They did not tolerate any Muslim until, until killing them. They did not tolerate any Muslim until destroying it. These people went and they took a sword that they will not stop until every Quran is burned. They will not stop until every masjid is bro broken down. They will not stop until every Muslim is killed. They went and they attacked and attacked and attacked until the Islamic emperor were completely to the ground. And yet, when they, saw, when, when they saw the closer look of Islam, 40 years later, the entire nation accepts Islam again. Never in history you'll find where a conqueror accepts and adopts the religion of the place and the area they conquered. What pressure? What force caused these people to accept Islam? They conquered the place. It was nothing but the teachings and the manners and the etiquette of the Prophet Great fact in history, we find that Muslims ruled Saudi Arabia, ruled the Arabian Peninsula from the time of the Prophet until today. From the time of Prophet that's a decade and a half. And yet, today, there are over 14 million Coptic Arab Christians that exist today. If the Muslims wanted, they could have, they could have, they could have uh, forced these people at the tip of the sword to accept and adopt the way of Islam. Yet, they did not do so. Muslims ruled India for over a thousand years. There are over 80% of Muslim, uh, Indian population which is non-Muslim. There are over 80 million Hindus who reside in India today. Muslims ruled India for a thousand years. They did not use any force. They did not use any sword. They did not use any pressure to, to uh, convert these people into the, uh, the fold of Islam. Before I conclude, I would like to mention a few, a few statistics that I happened to research. In Reader's Digest, it was coded that between the year 1934 and 1984, which is a period of 50 years, the, the ratio of people accepting Islam, of not even people, just Americans, accepting Islam was at 215%. Remember, UK, France, and the United States of America. There are many countries where Islam, have, uh, Islam is rated to be the number one religion, but UK, France, and United States is the ones that I chose. The top three countries. The reason why I chose these three countries is because these countries, they claim to, be, to have the freedom of speech, they claim to have the freedom of religion, they claim to be liberal, and they are rated to be the number one, or one of the top modern countries in the world. And yet, Islam, it happens to be the fastest growing religion in this world. A study done by CARE in 2001, in April of 2001. Remember, this is in the April of 2001, before all the incidents took place, before all the attacks that happened in the, uh, into the USA. This is before all of that. In 2001, they have been coded, the research was done, that there are over 20,000 Americans accepting Islam each year. 
These are Americans like me and you. What kind of a pressure, what kind of a sword, what kind of a weapon can cause me and Americans like me and you to stay in the folds of Islam at 20,000 20, uh, people a year? 20,000 citizen, citizens of America are accepting Islam each year. And this was a research done in 2001. This is about 16 average per mosque in the entire United States. Once again, I ask you, which sword, which pressure, which force, there is nothing. There's only the teaching of the Prophet ﷺ. Once a person opens the book, there's nothing. After the attacks, after the incidents that took place in the recent years, our institute receives numerous phone calls, please give us some literature about Islam, because the entire internet is out of stock. The entire bookstore, Barnes and Noble, chapters, borders, everything is out of stock on Islamic literature. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us, give us the understanding of this deen. Ameen. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Sarkamallahu khairan, Mufti Ajis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and increase your knowledge. And thank you as well uh, for shedding some important factual light uh, on a subject which unfortunately majority of uh, Americans and North Americans and even Muslims are among them have been victimized through media sensitization. Whatever we hear, unfortunately, on the 6 o'clock news, we believe. And, you know, the facts speak for itself. And even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran al-Kareem, He has said, There is no compulsion in religion. You know, this is a non-ambiguous, uh, explicit text, which clearly indicates uh, towards the fact that there is no compulsion in religion. And we all know uh, the famous idiom in the English language, which... Uh, uh, someone said that actions speak louder than words. And when the actions of our uh, Salaf al-Salihin, for example, Sheikh Ibrahim Madani uh, mentioned yesterday that when Imam Ahmad bin Hamad passed away, people just looking at his grave, about 10,000 people accepted Islam. Again, where was the sword? You know, where was you know, the nuke uh, for that matter? There was nothing uh, of that nature. Um, so once again, you know, let us um, uh, not be victims of uh, the media. And let us look at the actual facts, and definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he is al-Hadi, will guide us towards the Sirat al-Mustaqim and the straight path.